You have to need to tea buddies. This is your host Salahuddin. In our very first episode of the Friendship Stories series, Suji shares with us what friendship means to her, the way she coped with the friendship loss between her and her sister, and how she finally met her soulmate. Embrace yourself for that and many more while enjoying your scrumptious evening tea. And thanks once again for listening to Tea Buddies. So uh, let's start with the first uh, question. When I say the word uh, friendship, what comes to your mind? Uh, instantly, what comes to my mind is commitment. Mm-hmm. So why I say it's commitment is because uh, friendship always comes with loyalty and love and what more, right? So I think that comes with commitment as well. When you know you gotta be for a fr- be there for a friend, I think you should be there for a friend and don't just leave halfway when you need to. But I'm not saying that you need to be there for the friend physically 24 hours. Obviously, you have your life, but the least you do is um, not ignore them, not just let them be. A friend is a need, a friend is a need. So just be there and be committed to your friend. As in, hmm, some people, they tend to practice this, that whatever that hurts you is hurts you. Whatever whatever that is against your values, um, I don't need to follow because I have mine, which is totally fine. But I think in terms of commitment is where you respect each other's boundaries, respect each other's values. So if you're going to build a friendship with somebody, I think you should know what are the values and boundaries that they hold off and you commit to it. If you're unable to commit to it, then I don't see the point of the friendship there. Mm-hmm. So that's why for me, friendship is all about the commitment. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned quite a few important things under the umbrella of, of commitment, things like boundaries, values, respect. Uh, I'm sure we need to get back to all these things uh, uh, later on in, in, in this conversation. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the first, or let's call it the earliest experience uh, of friendship that you had in your life. How was that? <laughs> okay, so mine is um, quite different, I suppose. So mm-hmm. I did not go to preschool when I was young because my parents couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with my little sister. She's only three years younger than me. So we grew up together. Uh, I have three elder sisters, but they are way old. Mm-hmm. The youngest elder sister, she's six years older than me. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. They are super old. So me and my younger sister, we kind of pay up a lot. My parents and my other siblings, like uh, my older sisters, they treat us like we are the youngest twins at home because we look alike and uh... we are all the same age and stuff like that. So technically, she was my first friend. All right. And how was your relationship how, back then? <sighs> the relationship back then was like she was my first friend, first best friend, everything. Uh, I understood what friendship is then because she would stand up for me if my parents were to yell at me. Uh, when 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 she gets yelled at, I think I have this problem that I cannot, I have this weakness that I cannot stand up because I'm so afraid that I'll be violated. But instead, I hide in the room and I cry because I see somebody I love getting hurt and I can't do anything. So that's when I know, oh, this is how friendship works. And and then um, when she goes out somewhere and my mom brings her out to get something, she would remember to always ask my mom to get one for me as well. Oh, and so then sweet. we like dressing up together. We like doing things together. Everything was together. So that's how I know, oh, she was my first friend. However, <laughs> just like how I said, <laughs> just like how I said about commitment and values and boundaries and everything. Um, as we grow up, I think my youngest sister wanted to be independent. <laughs> so she no longer liked dressing up together. She no longer mm. liked wearing the same clothes. So she started drifting apart by not wanting to wearing the same clothes. When my mom gets the same pair of clothes, she doesn't want to wear it. When there's an event at home, she doesn't want to wear the same one as me. I got my first heartbreak there. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you back then uh, when, yeah. when this uh, as I you was said, only heartbreak. like 6 or 5 or no oh. I think I was 7 or 8 okay okay 
uh, at least you had a few years of crime uh, partnership with your sister, and I, I think we can uh, we can appreciate <laughs> those few years. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Initially, I was very upset. I thought like she was becoming mean and and unfair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me some time to understand that as people grow up, they just have different needs and they want to be different and they want to have their own mm-hmm. values. But we didn't have the time to process it and neither of my sisters or my parents could explain to me what was going on. Why mm. did she want to be different? They just made it seem like I was a sensitive child for crying. You know, my younger sister used to hit me when we fight, but I don't do that because I just cannot hurt somebody, but she can. Okay, it seems yeah, like exactly. a very unjust struggle. You know, it was so struggle. sad, you know. <laughs> saying that I should be embarrassed because a little child can hit me and that's wow. when my friendship slowly transitioned to something else I begin not to trust her I begin to look at her somebody who shames me everything was broken everything was gone I mean out of curiosity though how's your relationship right now it's like um it's not the same as back then mm. but we talk high and by and we can share, uh, she can share whatever that is personal to her, but I'm not comfortable yet. But I just feel like we lost the commitment. We lost the standing mm. up for each other. We lost that. Mm. And it seems like those were quite big uh, values of, of yours, as you, as it was the first thing that you mentioned. So would you say that, uh, you know, like this commitment that you're talking about is your, I mean, the violation of this commitment could be a red flag in all your friendships and it kind of like prevails everywhere? Uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, not to say red flag, I would rather say yellow flag. Yellow flag okay. because I, I learned to evaluate friendship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I say somebody doesn't give me the commitment that I give, I keep them at a lower rate of my friendship where I mm-hmm. do not uh, invest in them so much. Mm-hmm. so how much they commit to me and how much i commit to them shows where do i keep in my rating of friendship mm-hmm. and and okay it seems like uh you have this hierarchy of uh, uh uh of friendship whereas you know some would be on the top some in the middle and some just dying at the bottom you know like high by friends kind of thing you know <laughs> that's my interpretation of the situation <laughs> so uh, explain to me like uh, what takes a friend from being a high by friend uh to that uh you know top of the uh, uh of the hierarchy what needs to be done and what needs to uh to to happen in order for somebody to you know go up the ladder like that yeah then yeah Honestly, there's, uh, they, they don't need to do anything, but I just look at them based on their habits, based on their values. If, th- if those people are somebody who would be okay with violence and what, what all not that are against my values, I think I wouldn't even put them in the hierarchy. They'll, they'll not be in the list already. I don't want to associate myself with people who are okay with violence or okay with animal abuse and stuff like that. However, let me give you another, um, another situation. So you see, I'm into veganism where I do not like the idea of killing animals for food mm-hmm. or animal agriculture, but not everybody is like that. Some people think it's okay to kill them for food, but not for abuse, to mm. be heartless. And I think that's okay because I did not grow up to be vegan. I just transitioned myself when I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes and tell me that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by your veganism, but however, I do not agree with it because I think it's okay to eat them, but I wouldn't abuse them for the sake of, reaching humanity that mm. would be fine to me because we have different opinions that is fine but if the same person say oh it's okay if the animal gets abused too bad i would not want a friendship mm-hmm. with them. that's where it that's where it is so it depends on my values and other than that if i would see okay if i need to if i need to sustain my friendship with this person because we work in the same assignment group or we are in the same working place but I do not like how they are behaving or I do not like um, whatever they say or how they treat me. 
but I need to be there because we are in the same group of assignment or whatever, then their rating will go all the way down. Like, not down, actually, it's high up. It's one or two because it's one or two out of ten. Mm-hmm. So that way, I don't invest on them. I tell, I tell to myself that, okay, in this hierarchy of my friendship, this person is at the rating of one and two. And that means I don't need to invest on this person so much. I only communicate with this person for the assignment. And when, when my assignment is done, bye-bye, friend. That's it, you're done. That's it. So it's like like how we have classmates, but like they're just classmates, you know, and uh, sometimes you might out of habit refer to them as friends. You know, like if, if somebody asks you, like, uh, do you know this person? And you might say, yeah, like, you know, my friend in this class. But it, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're friend friend, but just probably like, yeah. uh, you know, teammates, group mates uh, yeah. working on a project. Okay, that's very much understandable. Uh, but but going a bit uh, more into the depth uh, of who is considered uh, your best friend, your bestie, if you were to describe uh, one of your best friends, uh, you know, like just have a person in your mind, a name in your mind. You don't need to tell us uh, what her or his name is. Uh, but if you were to describe uh, the personality, uh, you know, or the values, the character of that person, what would it be like? Okay, I only have one best friend because, again, for me, best friend is commitment. She fulfills 100% of the commitment that we have. So that's why I would be able to label her as my best friend that I don't give that kind of a, what do you say, that position to anybody else because I think that is best friend is a whole level of commitment okay so i yeah. don't think everybody deserves that in my lane of friendship so i only have one and if you would ask me what what good or what what describes her i would say my soulmate she's literally my soulmate uh, but by that you mean because you finish I each think, other's uh, sentences or like like how, how is that how would you define a soulmate <laughs> oh, <laughs> no okay so why do i mean by soulmate here is that uh, I feel like she's the, she's family, okay, she's family, and mm. I feel like we have a lot in common in terms of how we grew up, in terms of, like, abusive family, mm. unsupportive parents, and then the way we view things are very fimi- uh, similar, and then we have the same values, we don't even keep in touch every day, we talk once in a while, we don't even meet often, Do you know, we meet or we meet each other, like, four or five months once but we are only living like 10 minutes away but our bond never breaks it's, it's so it's, it's the same it's always the same and she would stand up for me i would stand up for her i don't see any of my other friends actually put the similar effort that they stand up for each other mm-hmm. so that's when i know that she's the one she's she's the one that's worth the labeling of best friend and she's been my best friend like since i was 15 and i'm 23 now wow yeah, she's also so, 15 and 23. We're the same age. So would you say that's your, your oldest friend by true definition of friend, I mean? True definition of friend by I mean the commitment, yes. Mm-hmm. If you were if you were to say time, no, I have friends who are like I know way back then, but yeah. but they don't share I don't share the same I don't know, the relationship with them. Mm-mm-mm. It's interesting, like things you mentioned, you know. Uh, I could summarize it that uh, aside from the commitment, relatedness is another thing that plays a very important role uh, in your uh, friendship because uh, you, you focus quite much on how you can relate to each other's experiences, you know, how you had similar experiences in the past, you know, from uh, the family aspect, you know, the support that you needed and you didn't, you didn't get by the people around you, you know. I think it feels like a safe haven, you know, uh, that that person to you probably, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So She's you, my mm-hmm. safe space. I feel like mm-hmm. I can go to her if anything at all and I don't need to think whether she'll be judging me or if mm-hmm. I need to phrase it a certain way. Like I can say it in the most difficult way of putting my sentence and she'll just able to understand what I'm trying to say. She can mm-hmm. just phrase it back for me. Is this how you feel? I'm like, yeah, absolutely right. That's why I think... <laughs> She's my soulmate. She just gets me. And I think it works the same for, for both of us. So that's mm. why I think she's my person. Mm. That's that's very... Uh, I think we've, we've reached a very good point here. If, if you saw my recent story on 
uh, what do you do to uh, make your friend feel good? I think you did and you did respond. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Uh, and uh, well, my own response was actually, uh, well, I do all that you all suggested. Uh, you know, like I buy flowers, I give gifts, you know, I talk to them. Sometimes I just keep shut up, you know, because they want me to shut up, you know. Uh, sometimes I just like, go and assure them that I'm just there and nothing more. But in addition to all of those, what stands out for me and, and what I try my best to be is to be a safe haven, haven in someone's or, or like a few people's lives. And I, I think that covers a lot of things. You, you know, the fact that other people could feel safe with you, it means they can talk to you. It means they can trust you. It, it means, you know, uh, they have this hope that if they come to you, uh, even if you don't fully understand them, you accept them for, for who they are, you know? Uh, so I think I, I share that with you. You know, I, I totally hear you on like being a safe haven for somebody else and having somebody else as your own safe haven. Uh, that's yeah. probably one of the most important things that people uh, ought to work on when it comes to friendship. Correct, exactly. And I, I knew that I knew that she plays a very important part of me because if I were to think if I were to lose anybody in my life, I think I can bear with it. But I don't think I can do life without my best friend. I don't know where would I go? Where would I go if she's not around? Where would I go? Where would I go? I don't even have the answer now. It gives me anxiety when I think about if she's not in my life. What would I do without her in life? That's when I know that she's my soul. Do you go through all those thoughts uh, quite frequently, like imagining a day without her, uh, you know, a, a life uh, I can imagine her. a day without her. I can't, mm. I can't, sometimes I think about not having her on my tough days, if anything happens and she dies, I actually think mm. about that. And that's when I feel like, wow, there's no way I can do life without this girl. Uh, do you share that with her, actually, the fact that you think? Of course. And what, what's, what's yeah. her response? I'm so curious. Um, she, she feels the same because she knows that. I, I, I'm very, very confident of how she feels about me. It's exactly the same. Mm. So that's the thing. We don't keep in touch with, every, with each other every day. But when we have anything going on, we all, the first person that comes to our mind is each other to update and stuff like that. So that's when I know we share the very... The wavelength is so similar. Yeah. I mean, on, I on the spot, you're just melting my heart, okay? <laughs> that's, I know. That's so good she, to hear, you know? Really. No, she's like my sister. She's like my sister from a, a different parent. I'm just so thankful that I met her, even mm. though it was 15 years after life, mm. after when I was born. I'm just so thankful I met her. Mm -hmm. I mean, the point that you're mentioning about, uh, you know, not being able uh, to to define yourself anymore if she's not around, you know, because I feel as though uh, best friends uh, kind of get ingrained so tightly into our being and our existence uh, that, that it becomes so difficult and nearly impossible to define uh, myself uh, on my end and herself on her end without each other. You, you know, you'll be asking then who, I mean, like, even, even aside from what would I do without her, my question is like, who would I, who would I be without him or without her, yeah. you, you know? And I, I feel as though if one of them were to, uh, God forbid, you know, uh, uh, pass away, I'm like, then what becomes of me, you, you know, as a person? Not as in, you know, what would I do? How would my life goes? But then my so very entity of... Uh, of being, of personhood, of, of existence. I'm like, I'm like, like, what is this anymore? I don't, I, I fail to fathom, you know, this, yeah. this very existence of mine, you know, because it was so dissolved with who he was and who she was. And it was like kind of a two people coming into a two soul of coming into a single body kind of thing, you know, and yeah. giving birth to a new person. Uh, abstractly i'm speaking yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? yeah i get it i get it yeah i i really relate to that that's when I, and another thing of why i think i can um i can see a best friend in her is because she reminds me of the days when me and my young sister were young and we stood up for mm. each other she was the only one person that i met in someone 
that that taught me oh as a friend we need to stand up for each other i never see any of my friends doing it you know why they just keep quiet and be like oh that that's your problem with your friend i'm not going to get involved mm. that's when i know oh this is where the commitment works mm. this is mm. what commitment is she was the only friend that that actually stood up for me and say this person did wrong to you and i'm going to question the person for doing even though i don't even know the person i'm going to contact this guy or go let's who are you to speak like that you know that's when i know wow and that is when i knew that this is how i should be treating my friends mm. you know they don't treat me but that is that is what defines me as a person you know somebody just got hurt and i didn't stand up for them what kind of person am i that's when i know oh okay that's when she reminds me of my younger sister and only these two people have stood up stood up for me like genuinely my younger sister and my current best friend that's when i know what friendship is mm-hmm. i feel as though the experience the early experience that you had with your uh, with your sister kind of set an example uh, you know like an ideal example of how should a best friendship function and probably the moment you found out that uh, you know that friend of yours uh, she is she she does very much uh, you know fit into the same uh, image then you grabbed it in there you know like kind of like yeah <laughs> hell yes i can't miss yeah. this opportunity you know uh, so you it know. always goes back to that experience with your sister because you feel like that's probably the ideal uh, uh you, you know notion of of how should best friendships function and now it's transited to your friend that you've been friend with right. since you were 15 mm. all right exactly and i think another reason of why i hold on to her so much is because i think when i was young um we did not have great family relationship because at home we always grew up very aggressive and violent and this is what happens in my house mm-hmm. so me and my younger sister only had each other to be there for each other when when my younger sister got hit on then i had to protect her although i could not do much physically but emotionally i was there for her and then when i get hit by my parent my younger sister would come and like actually block me from getting hit physical protection was there so um i think it filled in the safe space like i say but when my younger sister started growing up and then she drifted apart i felt the empty hole in me for years and years mm. i could not find for it anywhere and when i found it in this girl when i when i was 15 i felt it was filling up the space that i was longing for for a long time so that is why i say if i lose this friend i don't think i would i would able to do life again i would be longing for the same thing uh. I think you've you've already uh painted a very uh comprehensive picture of how the the, the dynamic uh you know between you and her is uh and I can uh, on so many levels relate to your experience. Uh but you said you had a hard time transiting or, or like uh you know when, when you felt that you couldn't call what you had with your sister a friendship anymore uh till yeah. you got to know uh you know your best friend who is your best friend right now uh how did you cope you know like what did you do uh with that void in you for a few years before uh oh my know, god i could, i was always betrayed i was always betrayed and backstabbed because i the thing is uh every time i make friends with somebody i tend to expect them to treat me just like how my mm-hmm. sister treated me like standing mm-hmm. up or being there but then they all didn't do that but i would do that because i thought that's how it works and when i don't get that back in return i used to think well these are all not my real friendship friends because they didn't do these things for me so that's when i used to put oh these are bad friends these are not nice friends but when i grew up that's when i know different people have different values in terms of friendship some people just literally have friends for the fun of it some people have friends for family and that's me So how I cope up with it is I just grew up feeling betrayed and not having friends. I actually don't have much of friends even now. Mm. So until I met this girl I just just you know float around didn't do much. Mm-hmm. So sad you know. You know I did not even have like when I grew up from 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 young and all the way when I grow go to school up till secondary until I finish high school everybody would be you know celebrating birthdays and each other for their friends but i did not even get that once like none of my friends have a thought of like oh it's suji's birthday we should get a piece of cake and sing for her i did not get that ever at all but i've always wanted that attention mm-hmm. so i did not tell anybody because if you tell them then they will do it because you merely told them that that's what you wanted yeah. and then uh, my best friend asked me when we were 18 
she said is there anything that you have never told me before but you just refused to i said yeah but i didn't want to tell it because then it will ruin the whole purpose of it and then she kept pestering me to say and then i finally did and then i said i know you're going to do something for me now because you love me but then now i know you're going to do it because now you know it so now it's gone now <laughs> you don't get it do you and she did keep up with the word and the following year my birthday she made sure she made sure she told all of my existing friends not to plan anything before her one is done wow she made the effort that's that's, that's when, you know very much organized and like seriously taken i would say Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is when you know that is the commitment, Salah. Do you see it now? What commitment is friendship? Yeah, the more you talk, the more I get your idea on like what defines commitment for you. That's very interesting, you know. That's very, yeah. very interesting. I, uh, oh, one more thing that I just found out was the fact that reciprocity also uh, plays a very important role in your friendship. So if you do something for someone with all the good intention in your heart for somebody, uh, you know, because this is a good thing though, like, because I want to say that what you were doing was to expect the best in people. You know, it's not that, that's, that's my interpretation of it. You know, when you do something good for someone, the fact that you expect them to return in some way, not the same way or like not with the same level of, you know, in their own pace, mm-hmm. in their own way. But the, the, the underlying uh, thought is that you're expecting the best out of them to, to happen. You know, you're seeing them as people who would see a sweet thing and return it with the sweet things. And mm-hmm. that's actually nothing, uh, it's not about being demanding. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, being a, uh, having irrational expectations or it's just yeah. that just because you're nice you're also thinking that other people are going to be nice you, you know no. <laughs> technically yeah and that is so sad <laughs> to think about it mm-hmm. and i used to think that hey why can't people take me seriously i always take people seriously mm-hmm. as it is I, i got like a very crappy childhood so why can't just for once people take me seriously you know i think that's mm-hmm. when I, i keep expecting them mm-hmm. Uh, well, a lot of it comes from, again, what you just shared, you know, the fact that probably they couldn't relate to your experience. That's why they couldn't become your best friend, you know, because if, if there is, if, if, if that much of an understanding and relatedness and connectedness to the other person does not exist in a relationship, then we wouldn't really have much hope for that to grow into something more sophisticated, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to, uh, to ask is, uh, you, you have actually already uh, answered a question I usually ask other people. And that's the question of, do you prefer having a few best friends or like one bestie? Which in your case, I believe in that is, is that one bestie that you have, okay? Uh, but I've talked to a few people. Some prefer having only one. Some prefer having a few. Uh, but but when I talk to those who say that they prefer having a few, one of the things that come up is because they feel as though one person cannot be uh, that missing piece of of puzzle because we have a few pieces of puzzle, you know, missing in our in our soul. And with having a few friends, uh, each, you know, bring a, a part along and, you know, they, they help you become whole. Uh, mm. But then when you have only one, sometimes you have this issue of expecting too much of that, that friend of yours, expecting her to be everything, you know, mm-hmm. to do everything, to fill every void in your soul. How do you manage expectations? Uh, Uh, you know, such expectations while you have only one best friend. Uh, you know, I- I'm sure you have other good friends probably, you know, but then uh, the fact that this is your person to go kind of friend, you know, uh, the person who you share everything, almost everything with, without, you know, fearing judgment or anything like that. So how do you manage those kind of expectations, you know? Okay. 
So this uh, this question brings me back an incident of where when I had an argument with my best friend because we could not do similar activities together because mm. we don't like similar things. Yes. Like she likes shopping. I just hate it. I just hate shopping. I just don't even know why people do that. She's willing to go each and every store to try. And I'm just like, just get what you want and let's go. But she, no, she just likes trying. And then she expects me to do the same. She wants me to go and try on everything. It's just so tiring. It's not even my thing. I just don't understand people who do that. So that's when I started being all, uh, we were 18. Or we were 18, I guess. So we were in pre-university. So it was our graduation and then we were going on shopping to look for nice outfits. So if it's me, I would just get what is nice. And if it fits in my budget, I just try it on. If it fits me, I'll just get it. That's it. But she's willing to go to every part of the store to see which is the best one according to her budget. Oh my God, it's tiring when I speak about it. So that's when I started showing an attitude. I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I was being all petty. I was showing tantrum. And she was also getting annoyed in that. And then uh, we just go home unhappy, okay? So she didn't get what she really wanted. I get what I wanted because I already pitched my mind to it. And then we went home unhappy, you know? And then uh, on that night, we didn't speak to each other well. And then uh, she was telling me that you were very rude today with the way you treated me because I made you try every dress. I said, yeah, you too. you got the answer. You made me do everything what I don't want to. Why do you have to force me? And then she was like, this is what friends do, okay? They go for shopping together. I said, no. How about no? You cannot define what friendship do, okay? I can for my friends. And then I said, we didn't talk like for a few days. Like the relationship was stranded. And then we decided to let that go and just be friends again. And then we didn't bring that up. But then uh, recently when we became adults now, and then we realized that different people have different way of living. And then we talk about it. We talk about how, you know, we were just children. And then we realized one people like one person like shopping, one person likes staying home, one person likes going clubbing, one person really likes to just chill at home and drink wine. And we, I'm the I'm the kind of person who don't like loud noise. I just mm. like quiet place. She loves loud noise. So that way we are different. So that's when we learn to accept that we are different and we choose to acknowledge and respect what we want. So if I want to have quiet activities, I look for close friends that I enjoy having the quiet activities mm. with. She looks for different friends who can fill that void, like you say. Mm. However, if in my case, if let's say I went out for quiet activity with my friends and I had any argument with them or I was not happy with something, I can actually go back to it and say, you know, this happened today and I was not happy about it. She's willing to hear me out. At the same time, uh, if she went out somewhere and then she had anything that happened there and I wasn't there with her that time, she would come back home and tell me what happened. That's when we could fix the puzzle. Interesting. That's It's, it's great that you've come to a very civilized agreement, I would say, <laughs> you know, because many uh, friendships just perish over... Uh, over the fact that you know we come to a friendship with a whole definition of who a best friend is and the moment you know uh, they don't meet that one criteria they could meet like 10 other criteria you know but like that that one tiny thing they don't meet it and we are like done we're, we're no longer friends we can't be friends because if you loved me you would have done it for me you know if you were my yeah. friends you would have done it for me but I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that uh, such mature decision came to, uh, uh, came to occur, you know, between you and her. Uh, and, and you can have your fun with people who shared that kind of a fun activity, you know, uh, that interest with you. And uh, let's just go back to your best friend and gossip about it, you know, like what's... <laughs> Correct. And that is why we actually don't go out a lot of fun because we don't have similar fun activities. Mm. So that's when I actually do my fun activities with the people that I can relate to and she does with them. And I, and there's no need for us to be jealous that we're not spending time with each other because mm. we do allocate our time some someday in our schedule where we can do our things together. Yeah. But when she goes out and have literally 70% of her life is with somebody else because we don't share the same fun activities yeah. and same goes to me. We don't feel, we used to feel like we are not paying attention to our friendship or jealous. But I think as we grew up to be adults, we just understood that we are different and it's okay. Mm. It's okay to do other things with other people, but then, you know, you get back to track with each other. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's probably the best deal, you know. I'm, I'm just happy for you. Uh. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm happy for you. 
me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, moving to the next uh, question, uh, you you mentioned quite a lot of times that uh, you don't spend necessarily a lot of time uh, with your friend. It's probably the quality of that little time that you spend, you know, that overrides the the length uh, uh, of those conversations, those uh, those events where, where you gather together. Uh, but in any case, uh, how would you say uh, pandemic has uh, in any way, on any level, affected the relationship between you two for good or for bad? You know, you can, or if it's stayed neutral the way it was. Neutral. The teenagers, I would go and stay over at her place and she's only 10 minutes away from my house. So most of the activities are done at her house with her mom and stuff like that. So we would do home activities. Mm. So now this pandemic didn't really cost much. However, since now we are adults now, I like to go to cafes and stuff mm. like that. She likes to go to clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. So she was willing to go on cafe hopping once in a while to invest in with me mm. but then now because of the pandemic and then I said okay we would not go to loud places but we can go a little bit less severely loud so I can know you know what is it like to be at your place we wanted to take the mm. commitment there but because of the pandemic we couldn't do it so it's neutral it's really not that bad mm -mm -mm. that's great that's great because uh, like I feel as though many of us struggle to stay connected uh, with the social network that we have but just like uh, you, you have your way uh, to stay, uh, you know, connected with your friend. I've, I've done my best as well. You, you know, uh, I schedule calls, even though like I'm, I'm alone now in Damai. Uh, literally almost everybody has left, <laughs> you know, ever since pandemic. But many of our local friends went back to their families, our international friends, they went back to their countries, uh, you know, so... Uh, most of them, I'm alone at home. I mean, I'm okay being alone, uh, but but I have to stay connected somehow with with that source of divinity called friendship, you know. So so I do schedule like monthly calls with with like a few of my friends, uh, or uh, you know, sometimes just like I make sure that I check on a few people regularly. And it's not that I'm afraid that they are doing bad or, you know, they're not feeling good. But because because I feel one thing that happens in friendship, probably that's a, a good start for the next uh, uh, question or like uh, your, your comment on, on this matter, is the fact that we usually ask each other how we do when we fall sick, you know? So unless something goes wrong in somebody's life, we don't usually ask, how are you doing? How are you coping? Is everything all right? Uh, you know, like when somebody's doing just fine, it feels as though, okay, you know, there's nothing special, you know, why would I bother her? Why would I bother him asking, you know, how they're doing? They sure are doing fine. But then that kind of, that kind of causes this, uh, this mindset of victimization. So I, I have to victimize myself in order to get attention, in order for my friends to really care about my life, you know, in order to, to, to matter to someone, which I feel is a great uh, mistake in many uh, of the relationships that we have with other people, be it friendship, be it family relations, be it a romantic relationship. I feel to, to me myself, the most important question in the world is how are you? Because I feel as though the news that comes as an answer to that question is the most important news as well. You know, human yeah. beings, whatever we do, we are doing it in hope that things get better. If we study, it's in hope that you know we get good grades probably we get good jobs you know or we expand our knowledge if we are good with our family we're nice with people we 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 we, we you know we, we perpetuate this thought that this kindness is going to grow in the society people are going to get kinder with it. we're always trying to get things to upgrade to the next level you know so by only asking people how they do only when they feel low, when they feel sad, when something goes wrong in their lives, it feels, I mean, it, it gives birth to this thought that if 
things don't go wrong, things don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I I, I I try my best to stay connected to to check on those few people I have around me, my my best friends, uh, to let them know that it's important to me what they go through in life, be it happy, be it sad. If they're sad, I'm trying, I, like I'm willing to 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 grieve, uh, you know, their sadness. And if they're happy, I'm willing to celebrate that happiness with them, you know. Uh, and to me that those two together, you know, uh, coming together, make a good friendship, uh, basically. So what's your take? Uh, on this thing. I would agree. I would agree on that because uh, the thing is that we forgot that. That's the thing. When you when you say that, Salah, I think that reminds me of commitment as well. Mm, because you're committed exactly. to, to do that. You're committed to do that. And you know, like me, as me as a person, it defines me as my value to check on somebody whether or not it's necessary or not. Mm. I would check on them because that defines me as a person on how I practice friendship. Mm. That is what commitment is. So I think I, I would definitely agree on that. And that just reminds me of how I've not been doing that for some time. Now I, I, need, mm. I think I need to do that too. Mm. Right, right. Seems like we both have, 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 have uh, had some takeaways from these conversations already. Yeah. Uh, uh, but approaching the end of our conversation, uh, uh, I need to uh, go through uh, one or two things. Uh, the first thing is, uh, what is that one experience of your friendship throughout the years that stands out uh, from the rest of your experiences? And by experience, it could be like an incidence within a friendship. It doesn't need to be like a whole friendship or like a whole, you don't need to explain. like a, Because I, I think you've already uh, portrayed uh, like a, how a best friendship is to you but probably you might want to share an incident uh you know where you felt like my you know like having that kind of a uh moment of awe or like an aha moment or you know a, yeah. a life lesson kind of thing uh what would that experience be if you were to share uh one or two okay so i think one would i would just share one because this is mm, very close sure. to my heart uh, I have lost my another best friend because uh, we made a mistake and I would I would really encourage people not to do that. But if you want to do it, go ahead. But that's just my take. I would just don't do it. Mm. So I had this one guy best friend in school and then we would connect to each other to different levels because we have the same humor. Like nobody can understand our humor that we have for each other. We just laugh at dumb jokes that only we can understand. So that was a very deep connection between the both of us. So we were just teenagers in school, you know. And then after school, we still keep in touch because, yeah, we have the same humor. We like to hang around with each other a lot. And then because of the peer pressure and all our school friends and all, they say, you guys should date, you guys should date, you all make a really good pair. So that's when we, that's, you know what, we didn't even have feelings for each other, but I think because of the peer pressure, they just kept on like, you know, you should try, you should try, this could be the eat, you, this could be the best friend turning into like, I was a child and I made a mistake. I don't know, I'm only speaking for myself, I cannot speak for him, okay? So that's when uh, I learned this, that so that's when we started dating when we were 18, okay? That's when the friendship turned, transitioned into, I would say, forced dating, okay? And that's when you know how somebody can be a friend, but they cannot really be a boyfriend. Because I realized me as a friend and me as a girlfriend is different. I become clingy, I seek for attention and stuff like that. I don't do that as a friend. I realized I do that as a girlfriend. And he couldn't give me that because he had his tight, busy shadows. And that's when I started being too annoying for him. And one day he lost it and he just called and yelled at me. You know, he yelled at me as a person who is so afraid of somebody yelling at me for my past childhood trauma and all this stuff. I did not see this side of him throughout like five or six years of friendship. It just broke everything, Salah. It just broke wow. everything. And then I, I did not... Um, he, he yelled at me over the phone and then he also texted me by yelling. He texted, he texted, okay? I was so broken. I did not see this person for six years. It, it was like a, a true color or something when I picked on the wrong buttons or something. Mm. And then I did not reply to the message. He said, sorry, one month later, I did not talk to him for two years. I did not reply to him for two years and I missed him every day. And then 
two years later, I was willing to forgive him and try to fix back the friendship because he means so much to me because mm-hmm. I do not share that bond with anybody else. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I don't feel the same way anymore. So it's gone. It's gone. He tries very hard to bring back the friendship. I just feel like you're forcing me. I can't do it. I do not know why. Is it, is it because I saw this side of you that I did not expect? Or because you remind me of my dad who yells exactly like this? I just can't see you the same way anymore. I don't see you as my safe space anymore. I don't like people mm-hmm. yelling at me. And you know about my childhood. And, and you, I don't know. Okay, maybe I picked on the wrong button. You definitely did it unintentionally. I just feel like I cannot see you the same way anymore. So the friendship is gone. But every day deep inside my heart, I think about him. I miss him. Sometimes he makes, it makes me tear that I lost this, mm-hmm. this bond. Sometimes I wish I did not proceed for the dating so I could have just sustained that friendship. Even though I didn't know that he had a, um, a dark side of him where he cannot stand. He has no patience or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So now if you ask me what do I feel about this person existing, I still talk to him though. I still say hi, how are you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I just feel like um, he's like a, a statue. He, he has become a human. He was a human being. But now he has become this statue that no longer has life inside. I just keep this mm-hmm. statue in my room. That's it. That's it. I can't talk to this statue. He, he has become frozen. It's gone. I can't see the human in you anymore. I just can't. I can't relate to you in anything. So the friendship is gone. So I'm always sad about that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would say that uh, <clears throat> even though I haven't experienced this, um, you know, uh, but I've seen it happen with other people mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and as much as they try to say, you know, we're going to stay friends after this, I'm like, you know good and well that this friend and that friend that you were before this, not going to be the same, you know? Uh, So I would, would to, to a considerable extent, even though I haven't gone through the experience myself, but I understand, you know, what you're saying and where you're coming from. Uh, And it's sad that it happens but well some lessons have great price you know it cost us greatly in life but then there are great lessons as well at the same time so we can't really say that we were better off if that wouldn't have happened uh you know because if that wouldn't have happened then we wouldn't have learned it you know so we, we just like get trapped into this uh, dilemma of I mean, like, uh, I know. Man. <laughs> I know. that's why I would tell people. I know I'm, I'm telling you, I'm it, this is just my opinion. Hmm. Just saying, you, if you found your, I don't know, your long term boyfriend or your husband hmm. or whatever, your, your significant other, your best friend, you hmm. are lucky. I'm not even gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna jinx it. You're lucky, but if it's gone. Oh, you are good. It's it's a it's a it's a forever heartbreak. You just can't yeah. see the friend in the person ever again. It's gone. It's gone. So I only can cherish and treasure what I had. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. And uh, you know, as much as biased is it, it might be, uh, I stay the same ground as yours. I you know, uh, I stand the same same ground because it's some people think it's an upgrade uh you, you know from friendship to to dating but i feel as though we should treat friendship and romance as two separate equally important things it's yeah. not that if we move from friendship to a romantic uh, uh you know experience with someone we have upgraded on some levels because you risk a great things to perish because when you're dating someone things are on a another level of complications you know than friendship uh so i wouldn't regard it as upgrade i would regard it as a very risky thing to do but as you say as just like you said if it happened for you and it happened to be the right choice you're blessed you know you got lucky you know man like i'm rooting for you you know like that's great (laughs) but it's not something that i would suggest anybody do uh uh, you know because uh you know sometimes we get greedy and we want just more of that same person but man yeah. if, if only you had stayed uh content <laughs> with what yeah, you had that would have been uh, far greater but yeah uh it's 
it, it's sad it, it, on so many levels, but you know, the lesson that we learned from it and life is not uh, always soft with uh, giving us lessons. Sometimes, you know, great lessons uh, come through harsh learning. So I, I can say I, I empathize with you. That's, uh, that's all I can offer in this situation. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Uh, but I'm, I'm far more, I'm far mm. away, moved on from the wound that I had. Mm. So I'm okay now. Just that every now and then my friend messages me and asks me, let's hang on, let's fix things. Back. Mm. But I'm sorry, I can't do yeah. it. So I tell him to respect my boundaries now. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't do this, so you cannot um, keep asking me. So if yeah. you really care about a friend, respect the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. It's totally understandable what you go through and the fact that, you know, it just doesn't feel the same and you don't want to force it because if you force it, it's not friendship anymore, you know. So, yeah, let life be, you know. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing that. That was that was something I didn't expect uh, to come up, but um, I'm grateful that somebody actually shared that experience because uh, that's very vital, I would say, uh, in uh, the health of our friendships and relationships. Uh, before we end, Suji, uh, is there any other thing that you would like to share but I didn't ask about or didn't come up? Uh, this is your time to, uh, to uh, share that one end sharing. Uh, as much as I say friendship is commitment, remember to put yourself first. Um, everybody can wait. Okay, you see yourself first. And if you notice one single red flag in your friendship, please take decision and move on these are two things prioritize yourself and notice your red flags great lovely uh i feel that's a very important message uh sometimes it might come across as we we might be selfish you know that we're trying to take care of ourselves uh, first but no we're trying to gather ourselves together so we are functional uh, in other relationships. So we prevent, uh, you know, hurtful experiences. So we prevent misunderstandings, you know, uh, illogical, irrational expectations. When you gather yourself together, you have a higher chance of, you know, uh, staying away from all of those hurtful experiences that might, uh, you know, uh, come across your way. So I, I really appreciate it. Uh, the sharing was great, uh, far greater than I expected uh, yeah. it to be. So thank you very much for spending this uh, Sunday afternoon talking about <laughs> friendship. <laughs> I really, really Welcome. appreciate it, really very Welcome. much. Okay, can I just uh, say one more thing? Please, please. Uh, I know I said that um, you need to commit to your friend, you need to be there, but if some, like I said, you need to prioritize yourself. So just one tip that I could share is mm. that if at that moment your friend really needs you and you are unable to commit at that moment, you can still choose to say, hey, I'll be there for you. Just mm. give me some moment. I'll be there by tonight or tomorrow. Make your promise and mm. make sure you keep your promise. And meanwhile, you can prioritize yourself then. Mm. So that's how you, you do it. You prioritize yourself and you also commit to your friend. Mm. That's how you do it. That's my tip. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that. I think it's a very uh, uh, simple and at the same time practical thing to do. At the same time, you know, like you, you, you kind of, you don't want to dismiss it, uh, dismiss your friend. At the same time, you want to like take care of yourself as well. So thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, I think we are on a good note to end this conversation uh, right here. Again, uh, I appreciate your time and your sharing very much, Siji. Thanks for joining me in Friendship Conversations. Thank you.